What's up, boys and girls? It's all my misfits around the world. I'm your host, Rampage the Misfit, and you're tuned in to Misfit Minded, where I bring you everything movie and music related. I've been on a month-long hiatus. I'm truly sorry, guys. Uh, I was dealing with some personal issues that I don't want to bore you with right now. I just wasn't at 100%, and uh, I've dealt with those issues. I am pretty close to 100% and I feel comfortable like I can do the show now so that's what I'm gonna do and again I don't want to start on a downer note but I feel like I have to get this off my chest because there's another reason that kind of pushed me forward into doing the show again so Monday I got sent an article from one of my former classmates that said my journalism and English teacher for three out of the four years I went to high school had passed away Now, I can't speak to any of the allegations surrounding his death and his life leading up to his death, but I can speak to memories I have in his class, very vivid ones, Um, what he taught me and how he made me feel as an anxious and confused uh, student growing up and going to high school. Um, He was a really honest person that wasn't afraid to tell students what was on his mind, wasn't afraid to tell teachers and challenge them on what he felt was right. And I remember walking in English day one, freshman year, and him expecting all of us to have Red Catcher in the Rye at this point. And just asking everyone, did we like the book? Yes or no? Simple. And I was one of the few who said, yes, I liked it. And him just flat out saying, I hate this book. I hate Holden Caulfield and think he's a crybaby and whines all the time. And uh, my mind was just blown. Like, is he supposed to be saying this? But he just said, you know, I teach this book because it's required and there's artistic merit in it but that doesn't mean that I have to like it and that's very important Um, some other books that he taught in his class over the years things they carried um, which is really good and one of my favorites of all time The Great Gatsby which I have read since high school and will probably continue to read in my life and even further into journalism I just remember him challenging us to take our newspaper seriously our website seriously because it's only as good as what we put out we were in charge of everything that was on there and he made it that way you know what i mean it wasn't him being lazy it was him challenging us to do the best that we could because he saw the potential in all of us photography he taught me so much about photography and how to and how to uh, angle things 
how to frame things, how to light things. And even on a personal level, um, he made it very easy to be open about politics and movies and things that were not even part of the curriculum, but he felt that was important for us to start forming our own ideas and talking about that amongst ourselves. And I remember just going to him for advice in my writing and he would always be there to give that. He never felt like it was a burden. Um, the pub's room became like a home for me, junior, senior year. And this is going a little long, but I just feel like there's a lot of negativity going on right now with him, which is understandable given the circumstances, but I do not remember him for any of that. I know the high school that I went to does not remember him for all of that. And I just wanted to put that out there in the world that he was a good person. And even my family finding out the news was very shocked and saddened. So rest in peace, Mr. Tomsey. You will be missed. I remember the last time seeing you was at my job and it looked like you were happy and in a good place. And that's how I remember you. So rest in peace. And it is in his memory that I continue this show and journalistic integrity in my career. And so with that, let's start the show. What's up, guys? We're back on Misfit Minded. I'm your host, Rampage the Misfit. And if you're listening along, you just heard the Raiders March from the legendary composer John Williams from the classic Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that was my teacher's favorite movie. Once again, rest in peace to him. Uh, but moving forward with the show today, I have a call in that I'm going to post and respond to. And also the new spy movie, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron and James McAvoy. I'm going to be doing a review for that. Uh, I did a quick react video on Stardust. And if you guys don't know what that is, it is a react app that um, is pretty cool. And I've been that was my first video. I'm going to start using it. So if you get the app and are interested in it, follow me at MisfitMinded on there. Um, it's just, you know, YouTube critics that review movies, which I want to do eventually. It's a shortened Snapchat instagram video version of that so follow me on that at misfit minded and for all other social media i will be at rampage underscore misfit so follow me on all of that and stay tuned for the atomic blonde review i think you guys are gonna like it hey misfit i have a film on my list that you don't have on yours which is okja i don't know if you've heard about it, it came out a couple of weeks ago on netflix it's by a Korean director called Bong Joon-ho and he, he did like Snowpiercer, you know, with Chris Evans and uh, The Host, which is another horror film that is really good. I mean, it's it's a beautifully shot film. The performances are amazing. I mean, Paul, Paul Dano, Tilda Swinton, even Jay, uh, Jay Ginehal, I mean, he's, he's amazing in it. So give it a watch. Summertime, thank you for calling into the show. It's not really sunny here and summer's almost over, but you had a recommendation for a movie I should watch. Uh, that was Okja by Bong Joon-ho. And I hope I'm pronouncing all of that right, by the way. Um, but yeah, that's one that's been on my radar for a while now. Uh, you're not the only person that's recommended it. And I've been meaning to watch it. I'm 
like really stuck on this show the keepers on netflix once i'm done with that um i will watch it if i'm not too depressed because the keepers is oh my god so depressing and creepy but i'm a big fan of his other work i loved snow piercer that's one of my favorite movies of that year haven't seen the host yet for whatever reason that's another one that's just been sitting in my list on netflix and then i have to watch um but once again thank you for the recommendation uh, I'm a fan of pretty much all the actors in there. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors working today. Uh, Tilda Swin is great in everything she's in. Um, you know, even Snowpiercer, that was a great performance. And Paul Dano is one of the most underrated actors, I think, working today. So a lot to look forward to for that. Um, but listeners call in and let me know what movie i am missing out on i am like at 50 movies i think for that came out this year um what new releases do you think i should see immediately um i have no life and can watch whatever you want and i have access to it so you know convince me i'm not that i'm pretty easily persuaded so call in the show uh, Misfit Minded, and up next is the Atomic Blonde review, so stay tuned. Thanks, guys. So Atomic Blonde is the latest spy action thriller uh, starring Charlize Theron and James McAvoy and John Goodman, and directed by David Leach, who was a stuntman uh, for such films as The Bourne Ultimatum, 300, V for Vendetta, and Fight Club. So before I get started in this review, let me just say that lineup is an amazing resume. Um, those are some of my favorite films, action films certainly of all time. And on top of that, he directed some scenes in John Wick. And if you watch some of the action scenes in here, there is a John Wick sort of feel in the way that the camera is very close up and does not rapidly cut. Um, which we saw in some of the earlier Jason Bourne movies and that can get a little frenetic and annoying But for those who have no idea what Atomic Blonde is about uh, To sum it up, it's what happens if you take an MI6 British spy thriller uh, similar to James Bond mix it with some uh, double crossing agent action in Mission Impossible and then mix that with kick-ass action slash gunfights of John Wick and Jason Bourne with hand-to-hand -hand combat. That is Atomic Blonde. And if that is sounds like something you want to go see, I would recommend seeing it in the theater right now. So the movie takes place in 1989, the same year that the Berlin Wall would fall and be destroyed. And at the time, it is a very tense Cold War moment in history and they take that and they use it um, to sort of emulate the spy world that Charlize Theron lives in. You have East and West Berlin literally being divided by this wall in the same way that Charlize Theron is divided um, from other spy agencies and she cannot trust a single person. We find that out early on. On a more basic level though, an agent gets killed and Charlize Theron is sent to investigate what happened and also retrieve this list which contains the names of all the agents in every organization. And that's not good because they can all die. They're all compromised. 
and I always wonder in these type of movies why they put all the names in one place. Like, don't put all your eggs in one basket, bro. Uh, they did this in like Mission Impossible, one of them, and Skyfall. But anyways, that's the main plot. And then there's another thread, uh, which we've seen in numerous spy movies, where there's a mole making her life more difficult and threatening her mission and her life at every turn. And this makes for some amazing action sequences, including for one in a tall building where she just takes on swarms and swarms of bad guys, two or three at a time. And there's one scene in particular, which I've seen in John Wick, I think, too. But she's fighting this guy for so long and with such brute force, uh, both of them back and forth, that they're on the floor laying physically exhausted, gasping for air, and they still are stumbling towards each other because they know that the fight is not over until one of them is dead. And she's also being investigated for what happened in these couple of days. Um, it, the movie starts off with her being interrogated and she kind of flashes back um, the whole movie and the action is what previously happened and it cuts in between her interrogation and the action, which I think is a, a pretty good uh, storytelling tool. It makes the action seem more consequential. As far as the cinematography goes, I love the color palette of this thing. It's a lot of bright pinks and neon blues that, uh, again, contrast with this really dark and bloody action, um, but it's all shot so beautiful. And that goes, again, with the soundtrack, which I think is amazing. A really great 80s soundtrack with familiar songs I'm sure some of you have heard. And again, that contrasts with the action to make it almost feel like a music video in a way. Charlize Theron is great. She's proving she's an action star with her hand-to-hand -hand combat skills. She's also naked in a couple scenes, including a girl-on-girl -girl sex scene with Sofia Botella. Yay! Yeah. James McAvoy is good. Uh, he's showing off his acting chops as always. I just thought that the third act could have been a little better, could have wrapped it up a little bit tighter, kind of trails, but I still think this is a great action spy movie, just like the action more than the spy stuff. Gave it a three out of four. Call in, let me know what you guys think, and thank you for listening to Misfit Minded.